Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of A New Kind of Celebrity. I'm your host Venal and I'm excited to bring you another inspiring and insightful conversation this week. At A New Kind of Celebrity, we define the word celebrity differently. We define it as someone worth celebrating. Our guests are people who are doing incredible work to make this world a better place. Join us as we celebrate these individuals and learn from their experiences, leadership and wisdom. In this episode we celebrate Tiffany Brar. Tiffany Brar is a young disability activist, special educator and founder of Jyotirgamaya Foundation. Tiffany became blind as an infant due to oxygen toxicity. She started Jyotirgamaya Foundation in 2012 with the aim of empowering blind people of all ages. Since inception, she has trained many blind people in braille, mobility, basic computer use and other necessary life skills. She is a big advocate for building an inclusive society and has also received many awards including a national award in 2017 for being a best role model. Thank you so much for joining us Tiffany really excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Tiffany, I'd love if you can start with telling us a little bit about your personal journey that led you to starting your own organization. Well, as a child, I started my education in England after which I came to India. My father, Lieutenant TPS Brar now retired, was a colonel in the army at the time and he had a foreign posting. Mm-hmm. After our return from England, I was around 5 or 6, I think, and I went to a series of different schools. And one of the schools I faced many many discriminations. First of all was me being chucked out of the class. Now that's not a very good experience. I was chucked out of the class why? Normally children are chucked out of the class because they don't do their homework or they don't bring their notebooks or they say something bad right. to the teacher or they're talking or they're cheeky, but I was chucked out of the class because of my disability. We were all asked a question. I think it was states and their capitals or countries and their capitals. Hmm. And I gave the right answer. My classmate gave the wrong answer and I was accused of making her deliberately give the wrong answer so that I could give the right one mm-hmm. and I was thrown out of the class because the teacher said you're blind you're a nuisance and get out of my class wow the same day the games period came everyone went out to play everyone was frolicking and running and jumping with glee i could hear the sounds of balls and bats and whistles and basketballs and you name it there was every game there Hmm. I was made to stand in a corner because I could not play or join in with the other sighted people. There were no adaptive games or sound balls or any kind of thing for people with disabilities. Hmm. Then came the science class and the teacher said, "Turn your books to page 159 and look at the diagram you see. Hmm. Make notes on what you see." And she started I could hear the sound of the chalk on the board. When I asked my classmates to repeat what she was saying, they did not. Hmm. Then they were asked to read. I had no braille books to read. And I raised my hand and I said, "Ma'am, I do not have braille books. I cannot see the diagram. There are no tactile diagrams. There are no braille books. Can you please explain to me what's going on?" Hmm. And she said, "I don't have time. This is not a special school." don't disturb the class go and sit in the back bench and she gave me a round ball of play doh 
which I was supposed to play with and entertain myself till the end of the day. Mm. In another school, I went and they took my oral test and they said, oh, you're very, very good. And you know all your shapes and numbers and counting and etc. And then they made me sit in the class. And after two days, they made me sharpen the other children's pencils. But that was too much. Then I told my parents, I've had enough of these different sighted schools and I want mm. to go to a blind school. When I went to the blind school, we were made to sit in unsuitable conditions, sometimes on the floor, sometimes on benches. There was no Braille typewriter, but there were slates and styluses where we had to write. We had to go to the stream to collect water sometimes. We were not given proper food. Food wasn't good. The conditions weren't good. There were different things. Mm. But what I learned from the Kalingpong Blind School where I went was how to survive. And my headmistress, Mrs. Simic, played a very important role there. And uh, she taught me the skills of survival. I mean, walking and uh, things like that. And my father had some helpers also who taught me. And I was included. Hmm. But in most of these other schools, I was not included. Then, of course, the setback came where I lost my mother. I had to fend for myself. I went to hostel. Again, I was plunged into a series of a lot of difficulties of discrimination, not having a mother, entering puberty as a teenager in my mm. influential years, not having a woman, someone there to guide me. My father going to war, I staying in a hostel, different kind of people, different food, different treatment. It wasn't very good. No daily living skill, no proper training. And then in my 11th standard, of course, my father got a peace station posting and I went with him. And then I went to the army school. I got good friends. And my father had an assistant who is uh, like my Rocky brother. And he helped to convert all my notes, scan them, dictate them to me. And I converted them into Braille. Of mm. course, maths and science until my 10th standard was very difficult. There were no one to teach us the trigonometry and uh, equations and the science, a lot of science graphics. And I got very low marks in maths and science. So naturally, like all blind people did during that time, I took humanities. And uh, of course, I left the state board school where I was in Kerala. And I mm. went to Uti where my father was posted. And there my father's assistant uh, helped me study well and pass the exam. Mm. And I had a few good friends also. And then I met a lady uh, who was also working in the house as a housekeeper. And she was like a mother to me. She taught me all that I needed to learn, all that my mother left untaught and undone, all the daily living skills, all the skills that a girl needs to know for survival. Also, all the speaking skills, how to speak, how to conduct myself, even though she was no MPhil or PhD, but whatever skills she knew. And then she gave up her army job and came with us to Kerala. And now she's still here with us. Hmm. So these two people, my father's assistant, Suresh, he's also like a Rocky brother to me. And Vinita Didi, she's like a mother and sister and friend. These two people really impacted my life. And of course, my father within his limitations and a few good friends of mine. And then I went to the women's college. I did my BA in English literature. I had good friends there also, but even there, I was like discriminated from going to movies or bunking mm. class or going to do the fun activities because I was like, oh, the blind girl, she'll fall down. Something will happen. Mm. You know, those kind of things. Then I started working at Braille Without Borders, Kantari International, an organization which trains people in social entrepreneurship to start their own NGOs by a blind lady called Sabria Tenbergen from Germany and her Dutch partner, Paul Cronenberg. I worked there as a receptionist. 
and as a translator to help the people coming from other countries to study social entrepreneurship see the Indians set up. They used to go on field visits to blind schools, to deaf schools, to the tribal areas, to orphanages, to various organizations. So I could mm. see various people. I was getting a chance to translate various people's difficulties. And I understood that there's much more to life than my sitting and complaining that I'm being discriminated. There are other blind people who cannot even walk out of the house, mm. who cannot even do anything. And I was also living a sheltered and protected life. So only when I started working, I started traveling alone in public transport using my white cane. Of course, I got lost a few times and I had to stand up to my dad and say that, Dad, I'm going to travel alone, mm. whether you like it or not. And he said, no, you can't. Someone will kidnap you. Someone will take you away. Someone will do this. Someone will do that. And I said, Dad, unless you give me a try, how will I do it? And then he said, okay, try. I'm sure if my mother was alive, she may not have allowed me to do that. <laughs> but my dad, he said, okay, give it a try. He said, yeah. But he was always scared. He was always calling me when he was here. And then I said, dad, don't do this. And then I started traveling alone. I started going in the bus. People started asking me, where is your family? You look like you're from a good family. Where is everyone? Where are your parents? Why, do, why are they letting you travel alone? You look like a North Indian. Why are you here in Kerala? I mean, so many questions. And I would just ask them to help me cross the road or find the bus. And I had to answer so many questions. One day, a lady even gave me 10 rupees and said, okay, okay, I mean, keep this. And I said, I don't need it because I have mm. a job. I can work. I can earn. Because in India, most people adopt the charity model instead of the social model mm. where people with disabilities can fend for themselves. Um, there are social workers where they need help in foreign countries. But in India, it's like total charity, charity. Hi, bichare, hi, bichare. Well, that's not the way. Right. So I started working. I started bringing earnings home. I started taking care of my, I mean, Benita Didi's children's studies. I started taking care of little, little things at the house. I started going to the bank. I started depositing money in my account. I started paying bills. I started booking railway tickets. I started going to the railway station, getting things done. I started sending things by post, going to the post office, running errands, even for my dad. And uh, now he's like, okay, I mean, you go and do this. So you go and pay <laughs> this bill. And I was like, what a transition. And uh, then in the course of my field trips, I decided, okay, I want to do something for these blind people. I can't help the widows and the orphans because I don't understand their problems completely. Of course, mm -hmm. I used to counsel some orphan girls and I used to help them a bit, but I could not read what they studied because I because mm. they were not using Braille. So I decided to take tuitions for one blind girl on weekends. And I used to go and I used to catch two buses and I used to walk through this inaccessible road in order wow. to reach her house. And I used to train her. And her parents also started giving me 100 rupees, 150 rupees. Auto ke raklo, bus ke raklo. I said, no need. Thank you very much. Then I decided, okay, I want to do my B.Ed. in special education because I want to really learn how to teach. I'm just teaching mm. what I learned. So I started uh, learning special education in Coimbatore at the Ramakrishna Mission. Then I came back and I started a mobile blind school. I learned all the... I mean, my technological skills at Braille Without Borders Excel itself from their senior access technology trainer, Mr. Balraman, who now works with Jodhra Gamaya Foundation. And I learned 
how to use a symbian phone the nokia phones mm. that we had during those time to send text messages and i was delighted that i could communicate and send text messages and i could i mean use a computer i could use a braille display i could convert mm. books into braille and i used to convert notes for my blind friends from my office braille printer and i used to give it to them and i used to do what i could so in 2012 i started the mobile blind school and with two of my very good friends then later on in 2014 i started doing camps uh, hmm. meaning going to houses of blind people and gathering a five of them or six of them and conducting training camps because in the mobile blind school project i was only going from house to house and i could visit right. only four houses in one day and that to in public transport with one backpack with laptops and braille mm. equipment and also from the bus stand one had to walk a one or two kilometers into the rural area sometimes on grassy paths sometimes muddy paths sometimes their parents would come to the bus stand sometimes their parents would not come and i had to feel my way <laughs> and uh, yes yeah, so i could only reach them in three houses or four houses in one locality and once a week and that was no a no go so i wanted to expand so i thought why not get these people all to one place and teach them for a few days so i started doing that i met two of my good friends they came with me and we did two camps we did three camps and then in 2015 i said hey guys why don't we do something else and then they said okay and then um, we started at the jodhargamaya foundation of course my father also lent a hand and his friend and they are now the trustees now we have a proper organization but that time we started with only two students a small rented building at the top of the first floor of a three story building and mm -hmm. it was a very very windy staircase and it was quite difficult but it was on the side of the road but i liked that place very much <laughs> then in 2019 we shifted to a bigger building more spacious we were able to give more facilities we started yoga training we started vocational training besides our training in computers and the use of a smartphone and the use of various applications and social media and also employment oriented computer training soft skill training english training we started inviting foreign volunteers to our organization to train us in various activities in fact one of them had uh, ridden a cycle from germany to india i mean just mm. to explore and he took a lot of visually impaired people he came on a tandem cycle his name is patrick he came on a tandem cycle and he brought a lot of visually impaired people through his experience and he took our students also on tandem cycle rides that's where we got the adventure streak i myself uh, was invited to belgium on an internship of the strength through solidarity program and i was able to do skydiving and paragliding wow. also we keep taking our students on adventure trips to various adventure zones so that they can practice these activities as well we have three residential courses each comprising of four months where mm -hmm. we teach our blind people various activities wow yeah that was just so much incredible stuff that you shared right from i think all the challenges you faced and how you overcame all of those and especially the journey you took of volunteering and then just discovering the breadth of access that's available and doing so many things through your foundation so how large is your foundation today and how many students or children or adults work with you well we have normally youths who are college going youths um, okay. sometimes in the month of april and may we normally have school children when they mm -hmm. off school and of course during the pandemic we had a few school children hmm. so basically in one residential training course we have around 12 students 
who we train for a time of three and a half months. We train mm-hmm. them in the basic and advanced computer skills. And we're looking at advancing our curriculum soon um, and including accessibility testing and programming and things because I just met a very incredible uh, blind boy from Delhi called Shakul Sonkar, who also founds an organization to make STEM curriculum and other things accessible. I mean, he was mm. a blind boy who was earning in six figures, and now he started this organization to make, wow. I mean, technology inclusive and accessible. So I plan to work with iSTEM and improvise our curriculum because uh, blind people can become web developers and accessibility testers and much more at this Mm. moment we are uh, only offering basic and advanced computer course the full ms office package with internet operations and software installation and internet also we are offering interpersonal skill training yoga and vocational training handicraft we also have guest speakers and guest partners like people from it companies like us technology global infosys etc who come and volunteer and who talk to our students and who train them on employability so this is what our center does now and uh, we normally work with teenagers to youth i mean people from 15 to 35 or 40, not more than 40. Hmm. We don't work with people more than 40. And we have a team of six members now. We have an administrator. We have a vocational training and yoga instructor. We have another special educator. We have two people who help with the CSR and proposals. And of course, there's the access technology trainer and myself. And we have one or two volunteers working remotely from abroad. Right. Right. That's really amazing, Tiffany. Tiffany, if I go back to some of the stories you shared of your early schooling, and I'd also read a little bit about you and it mentioned how very early on you had picked up five different languages and, you know, learned so many things. So in these schools that you went to early on, like you call them sighted schools, when they took you into the school, was there no conversation from their end on what accommodations they would make to make sure that the learning experience suited you as well? Well, in those days, my parents, uh, well, they didn't care about those kind of things because my mother said, okay, when she comes home, I'll read to her. And also there was nothing so clued up. Like now we have the RPWD Rights of Persons with Disability Act where Article 6 says every school, according to the rules, has to take at least 2% or 3% of children with disabilities. And Mm. inclusive education is a right, it's a must. But in those days, when I was small, there was no conversation. I mean, my mother would just go to the school and say, admission Uh, Mm. she's blind, my husband is a brigadier, my husband is a colonel, my husband is all this, that and the other. But I mean, that was uh, the way my parents did it. And then the teachers would would not know what to do with me in the class. I mean, hmm. and then they would say, okay, beta, go home ja and And they would mark the, the parts or the chapters in the book. And I would say, well, right. why am I going to school if you're going to teach me everything? If I'm going to do double work, like going, <laughs> I mean, going and sitting there from morning to evening and then coming back and then cramming the whole thing here. I mean, what's the point, mom? I used to ask. And they used to say, Are tumhe admission mila? you've got admission. Thank you, Lucky Stars. It's such a good school. And I said, I don't want to be in this good school that you call. I want to be with other blind children. And that's how I, uh, in Kalimpong, Darjeeling district, I said, okay, I'm going to the blind school, even though the hygiene or the conditions or things may not be good or the hill terrain might not be so accessible to walk down the steps and come up and all that. But I'm going to at least be included and not be mm. segregated. I mean, what I mean, what kind of thing is this, you know? Right, absolutely. And in in your mind, since you've experienced both types of schools and you are doing so much education, empowerment, training work as well, 
what do you think is a better solution of a system is it focusing on more inclusions into regular schools is that a better learning experience will that cater better or is it to have separate specialized schools that are able to support students better what according to you would work better well i would say both schools are needed i would mm. say inclusive education is needed if an inclusive school does have a proper resource room and equipped with proper resource teachers hmm. now what they do is a resource teacher is a special educator who has studied special education about mental retardation so hmm. she will be put in a school where there will be children with all kinds of disabilities and there'll be like a resource teacher to help but that's hmm. not the way because a person who is qualified for mental retardation or autism spectrum disorder may not be qualified to teach children with visual impairment you have to know braille you have to know mobility you have to understand a lot of things to teach a person with visual impairment right. as so as in mental retardation or autism spectrum disorder you have to understand things from a different angle so but often what the sarva shiksha abhiyan and the government and the ied integrated education department I mean, what do they do is they club the resource teachers into schools where okay they are disabled people they are resource teachers so mm. i think that at least up to the 5th or 6th standard now i mean the special schools are to the 7th standard hmm. after which the 8th standard people go for inclusive education but a lot of parents have started admitting their children into sighted schools because they are not able to travel to the special schools the children hmm. don't want to stay in hostel or uh, that they might be too well to do that they want them to be in a private school so i think that there should be special schools for those who wish to study in the special school the special school system should continue till the 7th standard there should be no breakage in that but they should include more computer accessibility more english because most of the special schools follow hindi or malayalam or kannada or tamil or their regional language is the mm. medium of instruction which does not get a child very far in today's tech world where you need to know english mm. of course we should be proud of our mother tongues of course we do love all our languages of course we have a good culture i mean a very very old cultural heritage and good mm. to be proud of but we should include more emphasis on english as the medium of instruction as well as the students should be trained in their vernacular languages also there should be more technology more computers now in bombay the jagruti school for the blind is a very very good role model and also the kalingpong mary scott homes for the blind they have english as their medium of instruction there are schools which are following this model so mm. if schools i mean special schools follow all the facilities then i think the special school system should continue but some of the government special schools need to change a lot they are changing they are including more and more computers in their labs more computer education i mean a lot of things are now improving in the special school setup but they need to go a long long way and if people are getting admission in an integrate i mean in a sighted school there should be proper resource teachers appointed by the school it's the school's responsibility to right. notify the government or the ssa as to what kind of child is admission in their school and what kind of resource teacher they need hmm. that is the responsibility of private school teachers as well as government schools and according to article 6 of the rights of persons with disability act no child can be denied admission in any school according to their disabilities the teachers have to include them and that helps them to mingle with the normal sighted peers so called right. normal i mean non disabled sighted peers even people with autism i mean they have innate abilities they have unique 
kind of capabilities. They should also be taught to mix because if you're always in a special school, you can't do that. So there should be a balance of both kind of schools. Mm. I wouldn't say do away with any. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. And I think just it's not like you said something that's commonly spoken about in schools or in education. Like you mentioned, the whole special education is this one big bucket that I don't think there's enough time spent speaking about it saying it's not one big bucket but there might be highly technical specialization needed for very specific kinds of disabilities so when um, i did my special education actually yeah when i did my special education in visual impairment we had to compile thick records in braille every special educator had to learn braille had to know hmm. braille had to write records had to write exams i mean had to know how to use various assistive devices of course we as special educators also need to know how to draw tactile diagrams hmm. how to use geometry sets which are not included in the syllabus of special education but these things also need to be taught also i would not talk about the autism spectrum disorder or the mentally challenged situation because i've not specialized in those right. subjects also hearing impairment there is indian sign language there is american sign language hmm. you know there are sign languages in other languages there is lip reading so all these facts have to they can only be done by a special educator who is specialized in sign language or in hearing impairment i mean you can't say okay visual impairment ka hearing impairment mein dal do viva hmm. hearing impairment ka usme dal do kya farak padta hai no that's not the way things are taken Right. Since you've done the special education course, is that like in your second year of the course, you have to pick a specialization and then do you get a placement after that? Or is it up to the educator to sort of figure out where they have to go next? It's up to the educator to figure out. And it's not a two-year course in Ramakrishna Mission. When I did it, it was a one-year course. Hmm. We chose our, our language subject or our methodology subject based on the degree we have completed. in the second uh, sem but the first sem is completely on your disability i mean hearing impairment visual impairment mental retardation so these were the three main disabilities that ramakrishna mission specialized in hmm. and the lecturers were good people cooperate they gave us hands on experience teaching practice everything but after the course it's up to the educator i guess it's like all colleges and most organizations it's only some i mean some organizations or i mean in the hospitality industry and things like that that assure or there are some colleges that have campus interviews but no right. one really assures or guarantees placement it's up to you to you know figure out where you need to go or if you're exemplary good in the campus interviews then yeah you may be given a try right somewhere right Yeah no I was just thinking that the requirement on the government end as well for specialized teachers would be huge and there will be a lot of vacancies and but there are very uh, less people hmm yeah there are vacancies but there are very minimal people who choose this profession it's mainly low income people who say acha government job mil jayega ssma uh, i mean you know kaam mil jayega hamari life ban jayegi but that's not the motive you should have for special education why should you do a special education course not to get a government job i mean don't think it's going to be a money making thing it's not it may be money making okay in some places you may get certain amount of salary well and good but you have to be dedicated to take care of a blind person or a mentally challenged person or a person with autism or a person with hearing impairment or cerebral palsy it takes a lot you really really need to be patient dedicated committed sometimes they'll dribble over you sometimes will drool over you mm. i mean sometimes person i mean may get the menstruation and you may have to help her or him with that sometimes a, a person with having mental retardation will like, poke your eyes and pull your hair and you know mm. you have to do a lot of things right and then people 
I mean, they come with a lot of expectations. And then when they're in the field, they're like, oh, God, what have I signed up for? (laughs) So, yeah, that is one perspective. Yeah. But there are people who are dedicated, but very few. Mm. And also, I mean, the population of special educators in the visual impairment field is very, very less. Right. And beyond education, Tiffany, what are the other access related issues that might be relevant for people at large to know and they may not actually know as much about unless they interact with someone with a visual impairment. So if you can just maybe throw some light on beyond education, what are the other top things to focus on for better access and inclusion? For better access and inclusion, I would say, according to Article 9 of the UNCRP, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disability, which India has signed and ratified in 2006, people with disabilities are entitled to complete access of public places, public buildings, Hmm. private offices, public offices, classrooms, roads, Everything should be accessible. It ensures full and complete accessibility. And the same has been reiterated in the Rights of Persons with Disabilities Act, which was in 2006. And also how people with disabilities can be included. First of all, websites or government-related websites and company websites should be accessible. They should be following the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines 2.0 and 2.1, which is the latest standard. And this you can find or you can learn about all these things in the W3C initiative or WAI, Web Hmm. Accessibility Initiative. So these are things that you can learn how to make your website accessible. It should be properly coded. Headings should be properly marked from heading level one to heading level six. Um, Everything should be properly coded. The links should be descriptive. You should have descriptive text in the links. Images should always be labeled. They should have alternative text, which is Mm. called alt text in the technical language. And overall, your website should be compatible, should be perceivable to a person with disabilities, should be operable means we should understand, we should be able to access the website by using a mouse and a keyboard Mm. and a joystick. People with physical disabilities use a joystick. People who are sighted or who are low vision use a mouse. There should be Mm. larger font size. There should be options to change the font size and the font color to increase and decrease the font size and font color. It should be easily understandable. There should be good and simple language, the content and the design. The content should be easy. The design should be accessible that even if there are graphics, a person with a disability or a visual impairment can navigate through them. The images should be proper described with the appropriate text there should be no always there should not be links like click here read more avoid such kind of links in the Mm -hmm. website get your website tested by people with disabilities in the very beginning Mm -hmm. not only visually impaired but also hearing impaired people so that's why there are the need for accessibility testers people who do testing of websites and of software, whether certain softwares are compatible with screen readers. That's why the employment sector is now open for accessibility testing. 
that's what blind people and hearing impaired people can actually do so this is a job and this is a job that can be considered by companies if they make it mandatory to have their apps and their websites accessible if the government also makes things accessible like their roads the buildings especially in the rural areas but just before the election uh, we mm. uh, me and my students we made a video with asianet news about mm. how we should have an audio system in the bus right. because now due to the pandemic we have to maintain social distancing people are not going to always sit next to us and tell us acha ye acha aapka stop aa gaya acha utro no one's going to keep telling us that people are going to mind their own business wear masks abhi double mask pehne ka order aa gaya so people are going to maintain more and more distance with the second and the third wave of covid i don't know when it's going to really actually relent but people are still going to be scared and going to be maintaining social distancing so in such circumstances if there is an audio announcement system in the buses and in the trains that so and so so and so station or so and so so and so stop is approaching then right. i mean people can get down and also mm. the roads if the roads can be properly accessible if there are audio signals like you press a button on a lamp post and the audio signal comes then you can cross the road without help like people mm. do in europe so there's no need for any physical contact and this sh- should be done now because now a blind person cannot walk on the road unless we get proper public help there are too many vehicles too many horns blowing right too much traffic to cross the road so we need the person to help us even though we have a white cane so if people see the white cane and if there are these signals then no vehicles can go at that time and the blind person gets a chance to cross the road so then there will be minimum physical contact there should be braille signages on the lifts there should be braille mm. signages on important office doors and it should be written in large print also there should be sign language interpreters for reading the news in fact a lot mm. of hearing impaired people do not know what the news is about covid-19 especially now because even they need to follow certain guidelines even they right. need things explained to them so there should be sign language interpreters for all conferences all government meetings which are broadcasted on tv and such things daily chief ministers of states talk on the tv there should be a sign language interpreter right. for that so the people with hearing impairment can also hear the news instead of always searching and straining their eyes and reading we all watch the tv so can a hearing impaired person from mm. uh, i mean watch the tv there should be audio described television programs movies certain movies can be audio described certain important television programs should be audio described so these are some things that can be done and companies should understand the need of employing persons with disabilities make sure that there is a screen reading software in their office they have the license for job access with speech if they cannot purchase the license then there is always an open source software screen reading software called nvda non visual desktop access which mm-hmm. can be easily downloadable and updated whenever needed free of cost so companies can employ people with disabilities if the person with disability has the right training and has the right computer knowledge and language skills of course there there is no reason why they should not be employed and to give this attitude there are a lot of organizations like us and of course the person with disability himself or right. herself has to work hard what we should do as sighted people what you all should do is make social media also like instagram when you give hashtags mm. on facebook and all that write the hashtags in capitals you know right. all letters capital and because there's no spacing between the letters so the screen reader mm. will read it better also in instagram the posts should not be so graphic but the instagram app itself should be more accessible right um, also 
the Arogya Situ app, the Umang app, the vaccine registration app, these all, all these apps are currently in the pandemic situation are not at all accessible. How mm. can a person with disabilities register for a vaccine online? They may not have proper bandwidth, they may not have proper connectivity, let alone a person with a visual impairment. What about a person, an old man who doesn't know how to read and write? So they have stopped the spot registration, but there should be spot registrations in certain places or certain hospitals in certain locations or there should be a special room with a special counter with volunteers who can do this you know a lot of things can be done actually there should be social workers to take care of people with disabilities when they suffer through this pandemic etc right incredibly useful and, and really practical things that everyone running a company or just as an individual can keep in mind, given that we all, like you said, use social media today or just write different articles, blogs, etc. So thank you for sharing so many different examples. If I extend a little bit of what you started saying, let's say as a sighted person, what are like the top don't do this and do this instead, just from whatever you've experienced, both personally as well as while running your own foundation? Well, what would I say don't do is don't overprotect a person with a disability. Don't underestimate their capabilities. Help them where they need help. Hmm. help them where they are needed. I mean, I've had this experience where I've been grabbed by the scruff of my neck and made to cross the road when I've not wanted to cross the road, actually. Hmm. You know, they just, I mean, without asking. So always ask a person, I mean, do you need help? I mean, would you like to cross the road? We ourselves will like, you know, flail our arms or, you know, raise our white canes. But even if you, out of the goodness of your heart, want to come and help us, just ask us where we want to go, which Hmm. bus we want to carry. Ask us politely. Also, in an office, describe things. If there's a notice board, read the notice board to us. If everyone's seeing a common movie or common video at a conference, Mm. it takes not much time for a sighted person to just come and sit next to the blind person and describe what's on the screen or a sign language interpreter to just come and interpret to the hearing impaired viewer what is there or, you know, what the words or the dialogues are. So these are small, small things which we can do ourselves, you know, which people should do. Should you not do is overprotect a person with a disability. Mm. This I would I would like to say to parents also. Don't over you, 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 just be practical. Treat them as you want to be treated. If a blind person needs to be guided, guide them. Left, right, yeah, wo, and all. Guide them. Mm. Left, right, straight, acha piche modo, acha age modo. Feel with your right hand on the top shelf or on the bottom shelf. You'll find this there. Describe things to them. But a lot of people don't have the patience to describe something. Right. Even here at home also, I mean, when my Vinita Didi says, acha ye leke ao, so I'll say, acha, acha didi kaha rakha hai? So she'll say, acha udar rakha hai. Acha teke koi baat nahi, main khut le leti. Mm. So don't say that. I mean, describe where it is, you know. But people should have that patience to give the proper sense of direction, to describe. But now she does, and a lot of other people do, my colleagues do as well. But you have to really, really think the parents or the guardians, even the office bearers and working with the person should realize that okay, give them tasks. There is a person who I know who mm. works in the government and you know, that's not the way to do things. Right. I went to see a friend of mine working in a bank and they were like, okay, we don't know what she should do. She just, I mean, greets the customers and shows them to the counter and talks to them and she does I mean phone call attending and that's it and I said well there is screen reading software and I actually had to sit in that bank and install screen reading software Mm. on the computer and I said now you can work on the computer and she started working Mm. so you know there are a lot of things that people yeah that you can do and yeah thank you for sharing that 
And if we go back to the foundation that you're running, would love to hear what has been the biggest impact that you feel your organization has had, you've had. Maybe it could be numbers, it could be a particular story, but would love to hear that. Well, there have been a few successful stories of uneducated students. We had this uneducated student who came at the age of 24. He stayed with us for two years. We planned to keep him for only three months. And he came from a very rural area, broken home, difficult background, not has never been to school. He had epileptical seizures. So his, his mother was scared of sending him to school. And he just learned everything. Within those two years, he stayed with us. I said, okay, don't worry. You don't have to go back after three months. And, there, and the next batch came. He stayed for four or five courses. He learned his basic computer skills. He never had a smartphone. Someone had given him a Symbian phone, which he was using. And he's like, okay, okay, I'm content with this. But then when he started using a smartphone, he's been backing up his applications on Google Drive. He's been training other people. And now he tells me, ma'am, why aren't you more? I mean, shifting to the latest smartphone. And uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, recently when somebody gave him a smartphone, he was like, no, I don't want this one. I want some. Uh, I want something with this much GB RAM and this much <laughs> GB, uh, uh, I mean, hard disk. And I want this software and that. So when I said, you're incredible. From where to where he's transformed. And he works in a, I mean, he was working in a call center and now he's looking to his degree. There are two other girl students of mine who were completely in the house. I mean, one was, I mean, from a broken marriage, but she actually writes her own stories. She writes her own poems. There's a, another student of mine whose parents are very well-to-do, but they give her a lot of support. And she didn't know a lot of things when I met her in class five. I went to her house. I stayed with her for 10 days. I gave her training in Braille and mm. also in basic computers and uh, she was a voracious reader. She still is. And I taught her how to use software to convert normal files like text and PDFs into MP3 and audio files and read them and how to read, download information from the internet, do her assignments, align her documents send emails. And now she can access her own YouTube channel. She composes her own songs. So there are many mm -hmm. people who have benefited from Jodhir Gamaya. At the same time, there are people who, I mean, who study and go and who don't benefit so much. So right. I, I wouldn't say life is a bed of roses. Sometimes we have a lot of challenges in finding students. Sometimes some parents don't want to send them. Sometimes they come and they drop out in the middle and they say, okay, how many parna baat ho gaya? You know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Sometimes they complain about the food and the accommodation. Sometimes they complain about the training. But there are people who love all our trainings. We make sure we take them three times, at least twice or thrice in one course for one shopping trip, one adventure trip. And you know, we make sure we make it as interesting as we can. But yeah, we have limitations. We're a small organization. We have limited stuff. I mean, I'm not that perfect. I do have my flaws. So yeah, we do have ups and downs like every other organization. Right. Thank you for sharing that. I think I've had a smile on my face for most part of this conversation. I think just the energy that you speak with, but also just how inspiring you are and everything that you've done is just been lovely to hear. I'm not always inspiring because there was a time where I also wanted to give up. Everything was going wrong. I mean, the mm. pandemic set in, the lockdown. I mean, students were complaining about little, little things. And then that, I mean, mounted to big, big things. And then I was like, 
always with tears in my eyes and I was like did I take the right decision am I doing the right thing why am I mm. here why am I here? why am I not working in a big office so these brain waves also come sometimes we don't get students i mean we wanted to start a kindergarten but that didn't work out due to various governmental political reasons and mm. i mean lack of students and a lot of difficulties so even an ngo does face challenges you know it's not Absolutely. a bed of roses and also sometimes someone gets sick we are responsible sometimes we have less funds or we have to i mean move from our rented premises to another place and it's very very difficult you know yeah so there are absolutely. goods and there are uh, bad moments also absolutely and tiffany yeah. like if you had to share some pieces of advice with whoever's listening from your journey it could be anything that you've learned you want to share with people that you think is relevant for others what would you share to everyone i would just share at this point of uncertainty well i would say stay at home and stay safe and uh, stay well and don't always think of giving up although i have thought of giving up many times don't always think of giving up try it once more try 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 until one time one day you will see the bright silver lining god will always reward he who toils you know it's very mm. very very significant as you sow you should reap if you sow you should reap good fruit so always always try and to young volunteers out there if, if any young people are listening i would say do whatever social good you can it's social good is not always done through money 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 but it's done through helping through seva through really doing things helping people talking to people counseling them sharing your privilege with them sharing mm. a box of sweets with an old poor man or helping your domestic worker helper if you have one just just bringing her a glass of water when she's finished all her all her chores and she's about to go and she's had a mouthful from your uh, i mean family members who are older in the family pacify her a bit give food to the homeless people read to blind people or people with disabilities train our children in english who cannot afford tuitions mm. and there are so many things that you can do volunteer for the national service scheme and cc there are many 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 voluntary organizations which a lot of people didn't have in the olden days what i would say to the people who are helping blind people or disabled people or the people who walk on a road if you see a person with disability just help them with what they need not sympathy but empathy is what we need hmm thank you for sharing that tiffany and uh, finally like i think the last thing on my mind is if anyone wants to support jyotirgamaya foundation or your work what are the different things that they could support and how do they go about doing that Well if someone wants to support of course they can reach out to me uh, you can always give my contact and also the jodhkamaya website link jodhkamayaindia.org the jodhkamaya social media handles and if someone does want to really 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 support they can always reach out to me and we can have a call on it but please do look at our social media handles facebook.com/jodhkamaya of course our linkedin and instagram handles are also there our website jodhkamayaindia.org and you will find much more information about our organization and what we do you can also pass my contact details if somebody really needs them lovely Before we close is there anything else you would like to add something that you think we should chat about and we haven't covered yet Diversity is a fact but inclusion is a choice Mm. it's fact that we're all diverse i mean no, no one's like their parents i mean some people are big some people are small there are dwarfs there are people with lgbtqi there are people with disabilities there are trans community don't look down upon anyone let mm. everyone have their own space and be free to live in this world 
that's a beautiful line diversity is is true but inclusion is a choice like i think that's really really yeah, a beautiful is thought true, but inclusion is a choice yeah that's a beautiful thought thank you so much tiffany i think this was a very energizing conversation and a lot of small and big things that i didn't i wasn't aware of earlier that i'm taking away that i'm going to be more cognizant of so thank you so much for that thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode if you liked this episode do subscribe to the podcast and follow us on instagram facebook twitter or linkedin we'd love to hear your suggestions reactions or even guest nominations You can DM us on Instagram our handle is at a new kind of celebrity or email us at a new kind of celebrity at gmail.com We look forward to meeting you soon till then good luck and take care